me just make a special note. Sister Maureen, would you please stand? And Sister Essie, would you please stand? These two individuals have put in about 100 years of work. <laughs> Together. They're not as old as Methuselah, but they're up there. Sister Maureen, how many years was it? 59? 59 years of working, and she only retired because something happened, uh, I guess, it's medically, yeah, health-wise. She would have still been down there running around the bases with those kids. Thank you, Sister Maureen. Sister Essie, was it 37? 37 years. We want to say congratulations. They got a special award and recognition at the Martin Luther King um, Festival celebration. Was there anyone else that got an award? Was it just those two from here? Ron Dale got an award, that's right, for the work that he's done. Even though he's not that old. <laughs> Ron Dale, one of our young men at the church, got a special reward, award for the work that he's doing. On occasion, I haven't seen him this year, but I would see I see him at Redwood, some of the work that we we do, we kind of cross path on occasion, and so I see him on occasion there. And so I just wanted to just recognize that God has blessed um, some of our members to be able to work a long time. And so we're, we're grateful for the wonderful longevity and the tremendous privilege to be able to work. So thank you for your service and also for being here. Let's pray. We thank you today, Lord, for the people being in this place, and we are grateful to you for this opportunity to bring the word of God as we continue with worship. We want to thank you that you even allow us in your wonderful presence. We thank you for those that have been sick that are here that, have, um, that are doing better, still kind of getting through the sickness. And this flu has been very, very hard on people this year. Um, but yet we know that you have made a resilient body. And we thank you that uh, you have given us the help that we definitely need and given doctors wisdom and the medical profession wisdom to give us the help now we thank you now give us ears to hear the word of God and not only to hear but to put into practice the very things that we are to do we serve a great God you are a great God of wisdom and you love us beyond measure and you will clearly stop us in our tracks when we are going down the wrong way and we thank you for that because it helps us to be able to avoid the dangers at times that would just take our lives. And so today we are grateful that you put barriers around and that you help us to make sure that we carry out your word. So we pray that in our lives, even when we resist you, that you will bypass our resistance and do what you want to do in our lives. We do give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to be reading a few different passages today, and I want you to follow along as I begin with Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3. I'm going to read just two verses here, part B of one of the verse, verses, and then I'm going to go to the book of Genesis. And so if you would turn with me to Ecclesiastes 3, I'm going to read verse, verses 11B and verse 14, and then I'm going to read Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, and then Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Now, in the word of God, 
Let's go ahead and begin at verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3. Chapter 3, verse 11b, part B of the verse I'll be reading. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Let me read that again. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Verse 14. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. Go with me to the book of beginnings, the first book, Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to read the first nine verses. And this is how it reads, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, one language, one dialect. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone a brick for stone, and bitumen for martyr. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The Lord blessed the reading of his word. The title of this message is Doing It My Way Without Success. Doing It My Way Without Success. Success. Let me jump right into point number one. Trying to build a name. Trying to build a name. That 
would be Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, and Genesis 9, 1. Many search to make himself relevant with a name. They want to be relevant. We have here, after the flood, after the Lord has destroyed the earth with water, we have people with one language, and they have decided to go against what the Lord had told them to do. The Lord told them when they were coming off of the ark to multiply and to fill the earth. That was a command from the Lord. They were not to go try to make themselves and try to go to one city, one place, one county, one country. No, the Lord says, go fill the earth. And the Lord said that there was one language at the time. You'd have to remember that after the flood, there were a total of eight people that were saved. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughter-in-laws, his sons' wives. They were the only ones that were saved from the ark. When the Lord destroyed the earth with water, he told Noah to build for himself an ark. God did not need the ark. It was for Adam and his family and for the animals that the Lord would preserve. Today why we have fossils is because of the flood. Scientists recognize and they know that there was a rapid rapid flood or some type of natural disaster, they say, to have whole animals completely fossilized. And Genesis is the only one that gives a story, the accurate story of how that came to be. And Genesis also gives the only account and the only story of how we will get and how we got different languages. In Genesis 9-1 says that God told them to multiply and fill the earth. The eternal God that gave Noah the instructions and his sons told them that they were to go and fill, have children and have them fill the entire earth. Yet what we find is a refusal to obey God. They refuse to obey God and this we see as a matter of rebellion and pride. Anytime you go against the will of God, you are acting in pride. Rebellion against God. Anytime you say, God, I'm going to do it my way, you are in rebellion against the Almighty. They decide that they're going to make a monument to themselves. The name Babel is a translation of a Hebrew of a Hebrew word. We see that in Genesis chapter 10, verse 10, and we also see it in 11, 9. In other places, the word Babel is actually translated Babylon or Babylonia. Babel is derived from a root meaning to confuse. You know, the Lord has a way of having fun with us when we rebel against him. Like I told you recently, when Sarah laughed, when the Lord said she was going to have that child that he mentioned, you know, before, 14, 15 years ago. Um, well, he had mentioned it even before, but, but when she was about 90 years old, before that time, 89, 
The Lord says, you're going to have a child about this time next year. I told that to Abraham, and she laughed. And the Lord says, why did Sarah laugh? She said, I, I didn't laugh. And he said, yes, you did. Then the Lord said, fine, you're going to name your child Isaac, which means laughter. The Lord named this place that the people are building up as we go through this, Babel. This is where the Lord confused their language. Trying to build a name for yourself. Anytime you try to build a name for yourself in the wrong way, there's going to be problems. The building that these individuals, that comes about as a result of the flood, the children of Noah, the children of Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their offspring, they began to erect a building. Now the Bible says that they gathered in a place called Shinar, area of Babylon. They gathered there, and even though the Lord gave them instructions that they were to disperse and fill the earth, they decided we're going to go to this place because we want to make a name for ourselves. They began to erect a building or this tower, and as you go up, it narrows as you go to the top. You've seen these places in Babylon or Egypt, these great places as you walk up these, these stairs, these steps. It goes to the very top, and if you would notice in many of these places, at the very top is often an altar built to whatever God, the people that's building it, serve and, and worship. It goes up into the heavens. Do you not know that man has always tried to reach out to their own version of God? They always tried to do something. But Solomon says that God's ways are eternal. And even though he has placed eternity into man's heart, man really can't really fathom or understand really the beginning of who God is to the end. They can't understand what God does. And yet God has put this, this part of himself, this part of eternity, this, this matter that they know there's eternity there. But eternity must be understood from the perspective that we are always to seek God, never to take the, the steps that leads away from God or doing things in our own way. So the people have decided to settle in this place called Shinar, which I mentioned became known as Babylon. The decision, we know three things about the decision that they made. We know that they make a conscious decision. Number two, we note that they make a constricted decision. And number three, we note that they make a committed decision. All right? They make a conscious decision. They make a constricted decision, and we note that they make a committed decision. The conscious decision that they make, Genesis 11.3, we note that they, what? They took counsel together and made a conscious decision to do the very opposite of what God said. We are determined to do our own thing, whether we know it or not. I heard the other day Dr. Jeffress make a, a tremendous statement. He says, there really aren't hundreds of religions. There are only two. 
man's way, which is sin, and God's. When we consider the fact that, that they made this conscious decision to, to find a place and to make a name for themselves, they were acting in pride and rebellion against God. Now we need to understand that God can see the beginning from the end. He sees both at the same time because God lives outside of time. So when the Lord gives instructions and gives information and guidance and says, I want you to do this, this is my plan, it is not for you to second guess and say, God, but I don't see it. Of course you don't see it. Because God does not always reveal to you what he's doing. He's just saying, go do what I told you to do. Obey. And oftentimes as you go, you'll begin to see the plan of God unfold. But the moment you take steps to do the opposite of what God says, you are heading into a world of trouble. So we note that they made a conscious decision. Decision. Now, we noted last week in our preaching in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a time for everything, but we noted that there is never a time for sinning. There's never a time that we can say, well, there's a time for everything, there's a time for me to go sin. No. Here is that they made a conscious decision to oppose what God had said. If God, God told them, go fill the earth, and they did not. They said, we want to make a name for ourselves. While God has put eternity in the heart of people, you should never build monuments to yourself. Too many people today are building monuments to themselves. It's fine to be recognized for doing good work. But when you get all upset because you didn't get recognized, I want my name on that plaque. That's a problem. I quit because I'm not recognized. No, 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 no. We, we serve God. Now, the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. Yes, we want to make sure we do that. But the Lord is the one that we are to seek. But they said themselves, we want to make a name for ourselves. The second thing that we noted that they made a constricted decision. Whenever you do the opposite of what God tells you, you never are open for more opportunities. Your opportunities don't, in, don't increase. They actually decrease. You, you don't become smarter when you go against God's plan. You don't have more wisdom. Adam and Eve was, was told, or Eve was tricked and said, oh, you'll be able to know right from wrong, good and evil. You'll be just like God. That's the lie from all centuries. That's still today. People are trying to be like God. And still they have not mastered it because they can't be. When you oppose God, you restrict your opportunity. So there is a constriction to the decisions that they made. You constrict the blessings of God. What looks good now often becomes a curse later because we fail to understand that God can see the beginning and the end at the same time. And third, we note in their decision, it was a committed decision. We note that the commitment was for that which was wrong. You can be totally committed and committed to the very wrong thing. I just believe this to be true. Well, you can be believe it all you want. If it's wrong, it's wrong. 
There are many people today who feel that they are on the right path. It's wrong. Solomon makes it clear that, you know what, it's just best to go ahead and eat and enjoy life because under the sun all is vanity. He just said, just go and enjoy what you have. And then he says, we even need to know even what we have comes from the Lord. It is a blessing of God because it is God who gives us the ability to even enjoy what he gives us. I told you before, there are a lot of rich people. There's a lot of people that have a lot of stuff, and they can't enjoy it because they're concerned somebody's going to take it. Even poor people concerned. Oh, I'm on I'm just, this little bit I got. I got to guard it with my life. That's why I keep my gun under my pillow. Ain't nobody going come to come, come and take the little bit I got. We need to understand that we can be committed to that which is wrong. You see, they felt that they had something that they needed to rally around, and the Bible says they were moving east. Have you noticed that most of the times when the people were moving east, even though God had the garden in the east, that people were moving in a direction away from God? Now, I want you to know, thank you, Lord, for this revelation just now. Uh, th- there are times when we are committed to our own way, and if you notice, it, it was east, east, east. You see, if you keep going east, you don't end. You can just keep going. And if we're left to our own devices, we'll just keep right on going without end. And when we, when, we, when we do this, unless God in his mercy and grace stops us, we'll, we'll self-destruct. And you'll notice in these places, it mentions the east. There's a tendency to keep going and going against God. And so there is this commitment. They wanted to build a name for themselves, and they were committed to do it. But the Bible said that God took note, which brings us now to our second point. First point, you remember, trying to build a name. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to build a name. And they do this by actually saying, this, stay in this city and let's build this tower. Let me say this before going to point number two. And I want you to go back and look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. It was because their language was the same that they were able to reason together. They were able to come to this conclusion because they all spoke the same thing. You see, there are times when you get a people and a group that, that have a common interest, and there's nothing that they won't be able to do, even if it's in the wrong direction. And what we have here is that they're able to succeed because they have one language. But their language and what they're doing, not the language, but what they've decided to do was to move against God. Point number two, the inspection from God. The inspection from God. That would be Genesis 11, 5-7, Ecclesiastes 3.14. We know that God allows us to hear the conversation that he has, evidently with the Trinity. He lets us in on the conversation. The Lord says this. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city. And the tower which the children of men had built. We know that God allows us to hear this 
And it's interesting that we note that God even allows us to hear his conversation back in Genesis 1.26 when he says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. There's something about God that he, that he wants us to be able to tune in and to hear what he's thinking at times. He, he allows us into his inner circle, and he does it also here. Man in his pride wants to take the place of God, and we note that even after the flood, man is added once again. They want to usurp his authority. We note that God came down to inspect, and he comes down to inspect before judgment is given. We have seen at times when the Lord takes note of what we do. Isn't it very interesting that prior to judgment, there is often an inspection that is made by God. We note it with Adam and Eve when they partook of the fruit, that God came down in the cool of the day and asked Adam and Eve, where are you? When the Lord later on is going to be going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, he stops by Abraham's place and says, should I keep from Abraham, Abraham what I'm about to do? He, he's on his way to, to see if what he's hearing needs to be dealt with. So he takes special time. Well, when the Lord is about to deal with Egypt, he goes down and talks to Moses on the back side of the desert and says, Moses, I want you to go because I am bringing judgment upon, it, on, upon, upon Egypt, and I'm telling Pharaoh to let my people go, and you are my servant. I want you to go. And then we find it here with the building of Babel. The Lord himself comes down and takes note prior to judgment. It is very interesting to note that when God comes, it is oftentimes to give people a chance even to repent. But God visits those when judgment is about to be invoked. And it's interesting that he takes a personal note. If we refuse to obey God willingly, he will often send judgment that forces us to comply with what he said. He comes down to investigate because he had told the people to disperse, but they said, no, we're one. We're going to build ourselves a city, and we're going to build ourselves a tower so that we can make a name for ourselves right here. And the Lord says, I'm going to go see what they're doing. Now, my dad used to say, I, he said God went down there because he wanted to make sure that they, they were going to, he wanted to make sure they didn't fall off that, that tower they were building. He went down to stop them from falling off that tower. God will often send judgment that will force us to comply with what he told us to do. You see, there's, there's, a, there's a privilege that we have that when God speaks to us, that we can partner with him and do what he says willingly. We can just say, thank you, Lord. But then when there's rebellion and pride that sits in, then God has to come in judgment and force the issue. And there are too many people today that's dealing with the judgment of God because they failed to just comply with what he had said. So we note in the inspection, the inspection that God came and gave, it led to one, a confusion of the language, and two, a dispersion. A confusion of the language 
and it led to a dispersion. Do you not know the giving of the languages was not necessarily initially a blessing? It came from the judgment of God. Today, we yes, we have different languages, but the origination of them was because there was rebellion against what God has said. So if you were to ask people today, they would give you various reasons why we have different languages and different dialects. It was not from a blessing. It was because they had rose up in pride and said, we're not going to do what God says. And so what God does, he takes counsel with himself in heaven and then says, I'm going to go down. Let's go down and see what they're doing. And the Lord took a special interest. Look at what it says here. I want you to note something. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. They're building a city to dwell in, and they have a place of worship. Whatever God they're serving, which was themselves, they have it right there so that they won't be dispersed and they can make their own religion. Hmm. So he came to see what the children of, of men had built. Isn't that interesting that God likes to take note of what we're doing? God loves to take note of his people and see what? What are my people doing? It's a wonderful thing if you get a visit from the Lord and he says to you, servant, well done. But when the Lord begins to take counsel and leaves you out with himself and then you find yourself under God's judgment, that is not a place that you really want to be. So we have the different language and languages and the dialects here in Genesis and it's given right at the, at the Tower of Babel. And, and the Lord gave the language, and, and the Bible says that the people dispersed. They stopped doing what they were doing. What they could understand before, they no longer could understand. Hey, pass me that hammer. Became something totally with the person just standing and looking at them. Say, can't you hear me? Pass me the hammer. Then they have maybe call a hammer back then. And the person says something and he gets, says something else in a different language. And you have this mass confusion throughout. So the Bible says that they left that place and they spread across the land. <laughs> Solomon knows that God has placed eternity in the heart of man. But the gift that God has placed there is never meant for us to seek God by our own standards. We are to seek him. And in seeking him, we still cannot fully understand the eternal nature of who God is. Because God has put eternity into the heart of man, there is always a yearning. But Ecclesiastes says, Solomon says, but yet God has not allowed us to know the beginning and the end, what God is fully doing. Solomon sought to find out what, what's the meaning of life. What is this all about? And that's the quest that he goes on. That is the theme that he, that he deals with. What is the meaning? And these individuals here, even way back, is they're trying to find their own meaning. We need to understand that what God does from eternity to eternity, we may not fully understand, but this is what we can know. 
He placed a desire within us to seek him. When people don't seek God, they're going to seek their own version of God. And anytime you begin to seek your own version of God, it is not going to be right. The Bible says that when God gave them a different language and dialect, the Bible says that they left that place and they stopped building the city. So we see the judgment of God. God visits. And then it is often followed by judgment. We've got to understand as I bring this to a conclusion. Babel, it means to confuse. The Hebrew, it means to confuse. God confused their language. When we fail to follow God's will and his word, we oftentimes will find ourselves in confusion. We oftentimes will find ourselves in confusion when we fail to do what God says. Because what? We're trying to do it our own way, but we will oftentimes not have success in the way that we do it. One option, only God's way. And remember this. God never never leads in the wrong direction. Never. Please understand, he never leads in the wrong direction. The question is, are you following him or are you following your own way? He never leads in the wrong direction. He's incapable of leading in the wrong direction. The individual that's decided to settle in Shinar and build this city and build this tower, decided that we're not going to follow what God said when he told our parents on that ark to go fill the earth. No, we're going to make ourselves a name right here, and we're going to solidify it by what we do. Don't build monuments to yourself, because God may come down in judgment against it. Understand that carefully. Understand it carefully. We've got to be so very, very careful. I think there are times when we look at the Word of God that somehow we want the Word of God to be all nice and goody and all say all these wonderful things. But the Word of God gives us what we need in order to live a life that is pleasing to God. And it is not always pretty. It doesn't always satisfy what we might want to do. But if we were just to say, God, you told me to do this, I am going to do it. Number one, I'm going to be uh, committed to what you say. I, and rather, I want to make a conscious decision to what you say. I don't want it to be constricted. I want to be committed. It has to be conscious. I don't want it to be constricted. And I want to be committed. If you commit yourself to doing it God's way, I tell you what, I tell you this. God will work out the details. If you do it God's way, even if you don't see it, God will work out the details. I am convinced today that when we've done it our own way and have not allowed God to do it, that, that, we, that we see oftentimes way down the road the problems that come up, and we can oftentimes reflect back when and why it happened. And I can recall when something wrong happened, my mind went right back to that time. I was, I'm, I'm, this is not, this is not <clears throat> anything wrong. I, I'm going to play softball one year, and, and, and I'm traveling to the game, and I'm running a little bit late. And this year they had the game in a different spot. 
uh, a different little county. So when you go to Modesto, they have a place called, called Ripon, and you got Modesto there, you got um, Venturlock. But in this time, in this particular day, the fields didn't work out in the place in the place of Turlock where they normally have the games. So they were having some games there in Ripon. But I had never been there. And when I got on the road, I didn't see the sign. I just kept going. And so I kept looking when I met this hotel, got on the freeway, and I'm not seeing anything. And lo and behold, when I got to one of the exits, I'm saying, it can't be this way. So I turned around. Turned around on 99 and headed the opposite direction. And, and, and within about 15 to 20 minutes, I saw a signs and rip on the next three exits. And I'm thinking the game is going to be starting soon. But, but, but then I took the exit, but I didn't know where the field was. And I had to go to some gas stations. And by the time I got there and got in my car, I could hear the team say, Marcus, hurry up, the game is starting. You see, I could only get there because I turned around. I was heading the wrong direction. I, I knew the signs weren't looking familiar, but you see, the problem that we have is that we oftentimes fail to take heed and notice the signs and turn around. We see them, but he says, but I want to keep going. But we've got to stop and go the opposite direction. If you're heading in the wrong direction, turn around. If you're not following God's plan, Turn around. If the Lord has com- had said to do this, do it. You will save yourself a lot of trouble and heartache. If you are a child of God, understand and note this. If God says it, there's always blessings and benefits attached. And there's success in it, even though you may not always see it right away. Whenever you do the opposite of what God says, it oftentimes looks good, and it looks like you're going in the direction that you should be, but you'll find out soon enough that you're going in the wrong direction, and there's judgment, and there's problems. Rarely do people, never in fact, do people that's doing what God say have to turn around and go the opposite direction, but it's only those who have decided not to do what the Lord says that have to turn around. God's judgment will bring about the results. But that's not what we want. We want to do what the Lord says. As I, as I conclude, are you going to do it your way without success? Or are you going to do it God's way with success? Stand to your feet, please. What path are you on right now? What path are you on right now? If, if you know right now that God has called you and told you this is the direction and then you have veered or you're not going that way, it will only be a matter of time before the Lord's judgment or something happens that lets you clearly know that you are in the wrong place or going the wrong way. Today could be your day, your time to say, God, yep, I'm changing directions right now. And I'm going to head in the direction that you told me to go. You can avoid a lot of trouble. Remember this. Whenever God comes down to see, we see it in the Bible, there was oftentimes judgment attached because of the rebellion against him. He took a personal interest. But oh, when we do it 
his way and obey him. There's blessings that flow. Today, God, we are a people that often don't learn from our heirs. Often. But times, there, there are times when we do, only because you have been gracious to us and have allowed us to respond to your wooing and your calling. May we take this opportunity today now that we have to recognize that, one, you have put eternity in the hearts of men, but we still cannot know all your ways. Yet you put eternity there that we are to search for you. We are to follow you. We're never to take your blessings and decide to settle in the place that you told us not to and to build monuments to ourselves and to our own ways. We are praying today that you will stop the building, whether through judgment or whatever the case may be. May it be broken up. May we not continue to go down a path nor a road that leads in the opposite direction of where you're going and where you are. We want to thank you so much for blessing us and helping us and keeping us. And even in this judgment on them, it was still the grace and mercy of God that allowed them to disperse and go and do what he told them to do. Many of them. God, we don't want to have to come to obedience because of judgment, but we want to do it because we love you and you just simply said to do it and it shows you that we love you. We want you to be pleased. And so in this place today, in our lives, may we make a commitment to please you by doing it your way. Oh, the blessings that flow from doing it your way. The relationship that's established and that grows, that's knitted and bound together, grows. It, is, it stays tight when we do it your way. May we know that our success comes from obedience to your word and doing it God's way. Where there are monuments, break them down today. Where there are cities built to ourselves, break them down today. Bring confusion, Lord, to the matter where you're not involved, but bring peace and joy where you are. There's peace and joy in the Lord today, in the will of God today. May we never forget it. We do honor you. We pray today for those that don't know you. They'll say, yes, God, it's time. I want Christ. It starts there. Today we're praying that people will say yes to the will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you.